0: Now that I'm older, me and all my brothers have sort of fallen into addiction patterns. Now being in the position where I'm going through a lot of those same things as him, I wish he was here to have a conversation with him about it.
1: What you're about to hear is an unscripted session with a psychic medium. Fleur had no contact with the participants prior to this meeting. They were screened by me, Elizabeth, one of the producers of the podcast, in order to preserve the integrity of the psychic reading. Absolutely no information was given to Fleur before their psychic session.
2: This is Moving Beyond
1: the Podcast.
2: My name is Fleur, and I am an intuition teacher, a psychic medium, and host of this podcast, moving beyond here you have the opportunity to be a fly on my wall and listen in on an intimate reading in which i connect someone to their loved ones on the other side you will hear stories of grief and tremendous loss but you will also hear stories of loving connection and witness beautiful transformations thank you for listening with an open heart i truly believe that we heal in community and you're here you are an important part of this one.
0: My name is Calvin and I'm from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. My dad passed away when I was 21 years old. I knew he always loved me, but he was an alcoholic. I wish he was here to have a conversation with him about it, especially because like I've suffered from it. If I could really sit down with him and and just have an honest conversation, that's what I want from him.
2: hey hi good to meet you hi (laughs) how are you
0: good you know life up and downs but just trying to make it through you know
2: (laughs) have you ever had a reading before any experience before
0: no i've seen Mm -hmm. lots of your readings done online though and i've always had a little bit of skepticism but then when i just saw you i was like this is the person there was like instant trust you know
2: Oh, well, thank you. And I'm excited that we get to do this today and that you get to have your own experience. Let me just explain a little bit about how it works, what to expect, and then we'll just dive right in and we'll connect. So I am a medium and what a medium does is it acts as a bridge between here, physical reality and people who have passed on, people who have crossed. It's my belief that energy doesn't die, that we continue That while the physical body might go and stay behind the spirit, the soul, the consciousness, life force, whatever you want to call that part of us, that's not the physical, that it continues and it has the ability to communicate and to connect. So it'll start with me giving information I perceive about that person, which would be very similar to if I walked up to you on the street and I just was like, oh, this is what I see. And then also receive like what's actually being given to me. And it's a conversation in this way. So I will offer you this information and all I need from you at the time is just yes or no. So simply, yes, it's factual or no, it's not. That's it. Yes, no. Okay. Is there anything you don't want to know, don't want to talk about?
0: No, I'm pretty much an open book, so.
2: Good. Okay. Good, good. You change your mind. You just let me know. Um, Okay. No issue. And also, there will be a time in the reading towards the end where... I would say, do you have any questions? Is there anything you want to ask? You can absolutely ask anything. Uh, and I'll do my best to translate the answer. All right. Okay. All right. So let's take a moment. I'm going to dial into you first. Uh, find your radio station. And then through that, we can find the people in spirit. All right, just gonna go quiet for a moment. Still here. Okay. Got a few people stepping in for you here. My first impression is of your grandmother on your father's side. So, grandmother, past dad's side of the family. And it also feels like I've got your father stepping forward. So, there's also the feeling of your dad being passed over. You see this? Yep. And yeah, I can't quite work with your dad right away. So I'm going to have him just step to the side for me cuz uh, we'll definitely get there. Just have a few others that need to be acknowledged. Your your mother's living your mom's with us. Mom's here. Do you see that? Yeah. And you also see that her father is passed. Do you see this as well?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: And your grandfather on that side, you get to know well, you get to, there's a connection that he shows me here to you. You understand that? Yeah. And I feel a man that you would have looked up to as a father figure, someone who teaches you right from wrong, someone who just makes you go, oh yeah, that's the man I want to be like.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. You see? At least yeah. this is his perception of it. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel, uh, in many ways, that this is a quiet, steady man. So I don't think he's <laughs> a talker. Do you see?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent.
2: And you learn from him by watching, not because he's going to tell you what to do. You know, he's not going to tell you, "Oh, this is the way it is," and these are my suggestions. It's like, no, no, he just lives, and you observe. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I know with this man that. It looks to me the last moment you see him, the last moment you're around, you wouldn't have known that it was the last moment. There's the sense of not being there at the moment of his passing, not the moment he transitions. Do you see? Yeah. I also need to talk about not just you when I speak about a grandson, but I need to talk about the two boys. Um, This acknowledgement of the two boys, not just the one.
0: Okay. Yes.
2: And then I'm being called upon to go back to your father who's been standing here patiently because I feel that the difference is your grandfather is a man you really look up to as a man um as a father figure and then I feel that your father you have years in which you're not in touch or that there's a very much a discord of connection Feels like you don't trust him at times or can't really count on him. Do you see this? Yes. And I feel that you must have a memory of your dad in life. It's not who he is now, but in life as being quite verbally aggressive and feels like I can get very boisterous, very, very intense as a person. Do you see that?
0: Yes. (laughs)
2: between your parents I feel like you witness a lot of fighting a lot of conflict a lot of stress especially in the very early part of your childhood do you see this yes your father does acknowledge your mom walking away at one point and disconnecting from him do you see yes and I feel from that point on you live primarily with your mom where you have primarily a connection with your mom and he doesn't get as much time with you, doesn't get as much connection, I feel.
0: Yes, yeah.
2: And he makes me reflect back on like the very early part, early, early, early part of your years around nine, 10, 11, being that distancing and being that feeling of disconnect. Do you see?
0: Uh, Yeah.
2: I feel like, it, from this point on, he shows me it really going back and forth. So maybe while you still communicate and while you still speak, um, and there's not a sense of the relationship being cut, I feel that the emotional connection you wanted to your dad, he shows me, isn't there at the time. Do you see this? Yeah. Yes. And then he's also acknowledging here what looks like another child of his, but one in which you feel like they are somehow prioritized or they have a different type of relationship with him than you do. Like I feel this sense of him being better able to be a father to what feels like another child or that the relationship just feels easier. Do do you see that? Yes. And, He's making me feel like he really wants to acknowledge here. It has nothing to do with love for you or love for that child. I just feel like this is how you would have felt it. Um, Cause I don't feel like you're the only kid.
0: No. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> but I feel like you somehow, f- I don't know. There's this, there's this feeling that he now recognizes of seeing this as like you having felt quite left out in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. I mean, my, Dad and my brothers, I actually have two. And to be honest, like he probably was closer to both just because they had like more sports and stuff in common. But mm-hmm. I was the gay kid. So to be honest, with my dad, it was sort of like I felt more distance from him because I didn't have that basis of like yeah. okay. I can connect yeah. on sports.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I think, the feeling he's like wanting to acknowledge here the sense of equal love. Do you know? But you would yeah. have perceived it or you would have felt it as somehow being left out, or somehow being Definitely. different, or somehow just not being as involved. For um, sure. When you bring me here to sports, I, I'm really brought to baseball.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> you see.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> like, that one feels very important, too.
0: Yeah, it, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I feel that one of his sons does go on to be quite good at it, or quite – capable is his feeling um not professional but i do feel like it was instilled definitely and he really comes back to this sense of having equal love for you and just him wanting to take responsibility for not being able to understand your interests your ways of connecting it's like something he wants to take responsibility for is this feeling okay yeah It also feels like your father would have had a problem with alcohol, or there's alcoholism there. There's just this feeling of excess drinking. Do you see?
0: Yes.
2: (laughs) And I feel like it's something he never acknowledged as being an addiction. He never acknowledged it as being a problem. Do you see this? Mm. Because let me keep working with this for a moment because I feel like throughout your youth, he's showing me this sense of feeling. That when I drink, it's not, he he's not seeing it as a negative consequence. Okay. He's making me feel like, I just don't see that there's an awareness of it being an issue. Yeah, okay. He's also making me feel like you've had your own struggles with substances, your own struggles, and that there is a sobriety. And um that there has been work you've done in the past around a feeling of addiction for yourself. Do, do you see that?
0: A hundred percent.
2: And he's making me feel at the moment that you're not in the place you'd like to be with it yet, or that there's a sense of, you know, there's more work ahead of you, that you have a desire to to do the work, but that, you know, there's, there's much work ahead of you. Do you see?
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: And wanting to be a part of that journey for you. This feels important and something he encourages because while it's hard work, what I see very clearly in your energy and what he sees very clearly in your energy is the desire and the desire to be in balance with yourself, the desire to feel fully alive, alive in this world, fully able to be the most expanded version of yourself. And it feels like you're still in a cycle where there's excess. You're still in a cycle where it's too much. Do you see? Yes. And in my mind here, I just have this beautiful visual imagery of him taking your hand and wanting to say, you'll get there. And it really does feel like one step at a time Um, because I feel like if I go back a few months time, it feels more stable for you or you there's this sense of having experienced a wobble quite recently or a sense of falling down, you know? Yeah. It's just like, no, no, get back up one step at a time, just one step at a time. And not to worry about the number of falls, but just reconnecting to your desire For the life that you want to live for the life that you're worthy of living and wanting you to know you've got support not just from him it feels like there's the sense of also multiple people in the spirit wanting to be of help to you of guidance to you to lift you up to make sure that you know you've got support you can call on it at any time not just from him but from your grandfather from your grandmother i see others as well okay (laughs) I want to come back to the sports thing because I do feel like your father must have coached at one point or been like very um involved on like a physical level like I see him on the sidelines I see him wanting to get like in the game
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's probably talking about my younger brother he played baseball probably the longest and like I don't remember everything because we were really we were really young, but. I don't remember if he personally coached, but he definitely was always on the sidelines, (laughs) like making calls and like trying to be in the game. So I definitely do remember that.
2: I feel that this man really needs to acknowledge for you that he's sorry, is my feeling. It feels like the moment that that your mom separates and that things split apart, I feel like there's not much time left for you to spend with him after this or it just feels like there's this sense of him not feeling like he's as much a part of your life and doesn't give you the emotional support I feel yeah he's also really wanting to acknowledge and stand behind you in terms of you being a gay man I feel like he talks, he makes me feel like he knew in life, like it was acknowledged or recognized, but he would never speak about it. Does that make sense? It feels like he knows yeah. it, but it's not spoken. Yeah, about.
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. What me and, and my dad actually had like sort of an, an awkward like how I, how I ended up coming out like, I never really did sort of come out to him. But like, I guess my older brother, like, I posted on Facebook that I was in a relationship with a girl but it was my best friend but then i said i was gay so my brother asked me and then i told, told him like oh no i'm gay so i guess he told my dad and i came home from school and my mom was like your dad called today and i was like oh weird okay and she's like yeah he wanted to talk to you about how you're gay and i just burst out laughing because it was so awkward you know but yeah, yeah. it's kind of a funny story
2: <laughs> well it's yeah and it but it just feels like after this point he talks about not speaking about it directly with you do you see this? Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. Just wanting you to know that he supports and yeah. I feel like he's really on your side, on your team. But that he that he didn't get the chance to really talk about this in life with you. And I feel it's really important to tell you that is my sense. Definitely. Is there any significance to him having like uh like wooden matches or like a matchbook? He pulls out a matchbook for me, like one that you I put mean, in your he, pocket. He,
0: I mean, he was a smoker. I just don't remember what he was using
2: specifically. Ask around for it. Uh, He does make me feel that prior to his passing, he and your mom make things right between each other or they get on a much better dynamic. It's not like they come back together as romantic partners, but I feel like they're on friendly terms,
1: is my feeling.
2: Um, And he's quite grateful for that. It feels like there is. And he does experience relationship after your mom. Yes. Um, and it does look like there's this sense of finding a committed partner and having, having this experience. And I don't know how much you know about this and we'll see kind of where it goes, but I get this sense with him of being diagnosed and not initially telling your mom, but there's this feeling of like a medical diagnosis or an awareness of not being well. And it feels like it's not initially expressed or it's not initially told.
0: Okay. Uh, Maybe Um, I'd have to ask my mom and see.
2: Because with your dad, it does feel like for me, his passing doesn't come super sudden or out of the blue. I get the sense of there's actually issues prior, but that the way that it was expressed to you, expressed to your mom, it feels like it comes out of the blue.
0: Okay, yeah, because for us, when he passed away, it was very sudden, but I don't know if he was like hiding or had other issues
2: my feeling around it is for you it feels sudden you know for you it feels out of the blue but I feel that there is there are medical issues that had not been expressed yeah um had not been talked about okay I feel like it's uh, a passing where he's uh, that it's noticed that he's passed after the fact or that there's this feeling of like we don't know he's passed in the moment like it's like he's found or he's seen do you know yes um and that there would be worry as to how long or this or that or like what's going on during that period of time but he's like no no no. it was okay it was gentle even though no one witnessed even though no one was there for him it doesn't feel like a dramatic experience it's very quick because for me i feel um as i as he expresses this that there would have been great worry about how long is he there and what was his experience before yeah. he's found okay yeah. He's also expressing that for you, it's quite hard to access your dream state or that you don't have a lot of dreams, you don't dream of him, and that he wants you to know he does visit, he is around you. Just because you haven't had the dreams doesn't mean he's not coming in. Okay. All right. He's acknowledging that part of just your biochemical makeup makes it very difficult for you to sleep regularly. I feel like you go through periods of time where you're just up, 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 and then you crash. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And for him, um, for for me, as I'm looking at this and as he's describing this, I would really emphasize for you finding ways to relax your nervous system. Okay. Because I feel like your nervous system goes into overdrive. (laughs) And then the desire is to calm the nervous system down with drugs or alcohol.
0: Uh, Definitely, 100%. You
2: know, like your mind is going, 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 going. But it's the nervous system that's overwhelmed. And there are ways to, through movement, through breath work, to calm the nervous system down. It's like you're, I feel right now, at a constant 8 out of 10. And when you're at a constant 8 out of 10, it's very easy to bump up to 10 and feel completely overwhelmed. Yeah. And so where I feel uh, there's encouragement for you is to work with somatic breath work, with movement, even with stretching to release, start releasing the nervous system on a daily basis. So where we drop you down from an eight out of 10 on the intensity to a six out of 10 to a five out of 10. He's making me feel once you relax the nervous system, that you will also have more Connection with him, you'll feel him from the spirit side.
1: You'll be able
2: to receive him in dreams. It's very hard for us to receive the subtlety of the spirit world when our nervous system is in overdrive. It's almost impossible.
0: I've noticed because I have been through periods of sobriety and not sobriety, when I'm sober, my intuition is on fire. But when Mm -hmm. I'm struggling and like have a lot of stress and I'm using, I feel like I'm so disconnected from any of that, like any of my attachment to the universe in general. And I felt the two differences, like night and day, honestly. So that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. And I do think you're a really sensitive individual. I do think you're really, really connected. And he's wanting you to know like that connection, it's always there. It's just on the other side of an an intensity around nervous system response, right? Like if you can... Bring the nervous system down. And I feel, to be honest, like in the beginning for you, this might look like a daily practice. Yeah. The daily practice of relaxing the nervous system, relaxing and allowing the body to release. There's so many different methodologies you can approach with this, but I feel like it could even be great for you to um, do things, simple things like stretching, but also uh, something like EMDR you know, um, different therapeutic approaches to how do we relax the nervous system? How do we let the nervous system release? Uh, okay. So that you're not like just waiting for it to spill over. What, what yeah. I also really want to emphasize here, and it's a bit psychic, but I think what um, is something to just really consider is it's not necessarily your fault when you get to the point of 10 out of 10 and you use. It's like you yeah. don't see another way out right? The nervous system is overwhelmed. It doesn't know how to calm down. It doesn't know how to release. So it turns to something that can release it, but dulls Uh it. So um, it's something to consider as you continue through your journey and obviously do the things that feel right for you, do the things that feel aligned for you. But I know that he's there to help you. And he wants you to know, like, he's, he's right there. You know, it's not that he's not right there. You just need to get into the space to receive. You need to get into the space to hear. You need to get into the space where you can feel him. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Do you see that you have a piece of jewelry jewelry of your father's that you never wear or you feel very conflicted about wearing?
0: Um, I do actually have this, like, bracelet thing. Mm-hmm. I never have really worn it. I don't know if I would say I'm conflicted about it, but I definitely okay. do have something on my dad's, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, he talks about a piece of jewelry that you've got. Um, And he's just making me feel like you don't need to wear it. You know, that's fine. But if you want to, um, that feels beautiful too. Um, Okay. Let's ask him some questions. Do you have any questions for (laughs) him?
0: I don't know if spirits can sort of see the direction or path that we're supposed to take. But I am very lost And I don't know if he has any advice for me and what what my next step is, or
2: Mm, yeah, let's take a look. I don't feel like he has that much direction for you outside of because I don't think he necessarily knows. They don't always have that kind of insight. But what I will say is, he's making me feel like you are less lost than you think you are. Okay. I think right now a lot of the energy of your life is going internal. These years are about you finding your grounding, finding your stability. So anything you push out into the external world will feel like it isn't being fueled. It will feel like it's stagnant. It will feel like it's not going anywhere because you're losing a lot of your power source.
0: Okay. So
2: it's like your own spirit is saying, we got to fix this first before we go out into the world. Sometimes
0: I get weirdly hyper-focused on what I'm going to do as a career for the rest of my life. And then I Mm -hmm. have to keep reminding myself that like you have all this personal work you have to do first. And once you do that work, then you will know what you're meant to do. But it's like I'm trying to skip a step, you know?
2: Yeah, it's that exactly. It feels like this time in your life, the energy is there for you to do the internal work. You still got to ride the wave, right? You still got to say yes to it but where it feels like it's going for me is internal work first external work second okay yeah because it's going to give you that power and the stability and the focus to work with the world to and to and to do it the way you want to do it so that you really are able to show up 100 percent. i think you you do want to make an impact in people's lives you do want to change people's lives But the internal structure is not quite there yet. Okay. Other questions for him?
0: I think me and my younger brothers might have, I haven't been diagnosed, so I can't say for sure, but we have a lot of symptoms of ADHD. Some of the symptoms remind me of him as well. So, like, I don't know if maybe there was, like, an underlining symptom that, like, also contributed to his drinking.
2: Absolutely. I think it goes back to that whole sense of the nervous system being heightened and then finding whatever way is available to calm it down. And I feel yeah. for your father, he also didn't have the tools. And so turns to drinking, to numb, to take off that intensity, to find some way for the nervous system to not be like running amok. Yeah. So I would say, yeah. I mean, whether we want to diagnose it as this, that, I can't necessarily do this, but yeah. I, I agree with you. Energetically, it feels similar.
0: Okay. And I think the last thing I would want to know is sometimes I feel like I was so hard on my dad as a little kid because I was really the only one that ever would like call him out on being drunk when he would come and visit us after like never seeing him. And I would get the slack from my brothers. And although my mom praised me, like now as an adult, I feel like, yeah, I didn't understand when I was a kid, but like, does he forgive me for sort of being harder on him?
2: Absolutely. and I feel like in a similar way, he's being a little hard on you right now, which is love, right? Yeah, I think he, he doesn't feel like it's, it was you being hard. It was you knowing that he could be more and wasn't living his best life. And in the same way, he's brought this up for you as well in the session. It's a choice, but it's available. And it comes from a place of love to say, You can take care of yourself in that way. You can show up for yourself in that way. In the same way you were doing for him. I don't think he perceived it as, or definitely not now, does not perceive it as being hard on him. It feels perceived as love. Okay. Thank you so much, Calvin.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it.
2: You as well. Thanks for letting me connect with him. I always like to remind you, I am not the one creating the connection by any means. That is you. He's here for you. So you have that at any point, even if you don't feel him directly, he's always there. Okay. Cool. Well, we will chat again in a few weeks and then we can talk a little bit more freely about questions and spirituality and the work that you can do for yourself and open up and it'll be really lovely to have that chat.
0: Okay, perfect. Thanks so much.
2: You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Do you feel like you're stumbling around a little bit on your spiritual journey? Well, one thing that can help you find purpose and direction is knowing your archetype. Archetype are universal patterns of purpose, and behavior that once you discover yours are really going to help you find your place in the world and your purpose in the world. I've created a very fun, very quick quiz to help you find yours, and you can find it in the show notes or at mediumfleur.com. Finding your archetype will help you find direction, and we've even offered you some resources to find that next steady step on your spiritual journey. Go online today and find your archetype and your direction on your spiritual path. Before we get back to our show, I want to tell you about our Patreon. Patreon is an amazing way to help support the show, but also it's going to give you a sneak peek into something we've never offered before. You can find pictures, videos, little memorabilia between the client, the person that I'm connecting with, and their loved one on the other side. These photos are often ones that I get after sessions, but I'm wanting to share them with you because I see them as a love letter and just a beautiful way of honoring those who have passed. If you are at all curious, if you want to see them, if you want to honor them too, please check out our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes and you can help support the show. Thank you for being here and enjoy the rest of today's podcast. Calvin, can you hear me? Yes. Soaking Siri, apparently. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Yeah, doing well. It's been a while. It has been. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time. How have you been?
0: Pretty good. I've been trying to focus on more positive habits kind of get my mood up from where I was last time. So yeah, it's been going well.
2: Okay, cool. Well, this is our follow-up. And so we're having an opportunity to talk about broader concepts, the bigger picture. Obviously in the reading, it's very much about who we're trying to connect with and what we're hoping to communicate. And this follow-up session is a little bit of, of both. It's a look back at the session, uh, an integration. And then any kind of follow-up questions, perhaps in the aftermath of the reading, if you've had any bigger picture questions come up, because that does tend to happen for people, that moment of like, uh, what now? Right? For sure. So let's start with your experience of the reading. I know that when I do the reading, I get a little bit of your story, but I would love to hear it from your own words.
0: For sure. So I think I went into the reading as like it was going to be a hundred percent closure for me. Mm. And when I when you were in contact with like specifically my dad, that's a lot of person that I feel like no, I don't have animosity, but I definitely have some unresolved emotional issues with him. I guess like our relationship was a little bit tumultuous because my dad would always come to events drunk, and I was always the one that was very angry with my dad for showing up that way. And the other brothers would sort of be like, let him be, leave him alone. Now that I'm older, me and all my brothers have sort of fallen into addiction patterns. Now being in the position where I'm going through a lot of those same things as him, I feel like, not regret, I guess, but that maybe I was being really hard on him and I just didn't understand everything he was going through. So after the reading, it kind of just made me realize that like, I still have a lot more work to do. So Mm -hmm. that's sort of like my trajectory now from after having the reading.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that can happen, right? Because sometimes we haven't looked at that in a while. We've kind of put it to the side for a while. (laughs) Um, And it sounds like perhaps you're at a place where you can take a look at it, which is something to be celebrated. Definitely. Right, you should be proud of yourself that you've come that far. (laughs) Because it's not easy to wake up those parts of ourselves.
0: For sure. I feel like the last few years have been, in general, like sort of a different look at my dad because I always remember viewing him from a child's eyes, right? But -hmm. now that I'm an adult and I understand how life works, you kind of like have a little more sympathy. And I think like that was the ultimate connection that I wanted to have with my dad. Mm -hmm. Like I want to talk things out like a normal person instead of like when you're a kid. You just have assumptions or you don't really fully understand what's going on in their life. So,
2: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of your reading experience, was there a feeling of it being your dad or did you feel that you recognized him? What was that experience for you to have that moment of connection?
0: I think, like to be honest, I was in shock in the reading. It was kind of like I remember the reading finish and being like, I don't remember any of it just because it was such like a blur, <laughs> you know? Yep. We call that uh, so psychic it, amnesia. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wait, what did we even talk about? That was in that state of like shock and bewilderment that it was like, it was a lot to process. So in the moment I was yeah. kind of like, I like, I don't even know how I was feeling. Cause it's just like, it went away. Right. <laughs> have
2: you listened to it since?
0: I have listened to it since it's nice to hear like certain points and things that I was thinking as myself. So like, definitely when you brought up the part about how I felt maybe not as connected as my brothers did to Mm. my dad. So that was something obviously I knew that maybe I need to work on and figure out how to find a resolution for that. Um, (laughs) There's one thing actually. Okay. So we talked about how my dad likes sports and you mentioned baseball. And to be honest, like originally I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. My dad did like baseball. He loved it. But then I was like, okay, well, a lot of dads like baseball though. But then I remembered this thing where it was like six months ago and I was trying to get rid of like a lot of memorabilia and stuff. I had all these pictures in a box and there was one picture as I was going through, like I had lots of my dad and my grandpa, but there was one of them at their baseball team. And I was like texting my mom, like, should I get rid of this? Like, I don't want it. And she goes, just save it. Like, you never know. It might be something special. So it was kind of funny that the two people I talked to in my read were my grandpa on my mom's side and my dad, right? So and they were in the I same team that. together. So like that was kind of like a nice aha moment, you know? Like yeah. okay, well maybe this picture means more and I like should put it up or display it or something, you know? So
2: Yeah, or or perhaps they were just giving you a wink like hey, we want to offer you something that later on you're going to have that moment to go, "Oh, maybe it was them, right? Like that, yeah. that kind of little like moment of, of a click. I find it very interesting with readings because when you say that it's like, oh yeah, a lot of, a lot of dads like baseball. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I find interestingly enough, just on the, on the side of, as a medium, I've certainly had readings where I'm not a hundred percent sure in the past. And I'm like, well, Sports, baseball, it makes sense. Like maybe that's what's coming through. And if if it's coming in from the perspective of me like inferring it or thinking yeah. about it, it's never the case. It's it's very annoying. I'm always just like, oh, no, it turns out not all dads like baseball. So I love that you had that moment of seeing the photo. I think it does tend to bring it home. Um, when you say you came into this reading with – the sense of like, oh, this is gonna be the closure. Had you done a lot of work around the loss prior or had you really kind of put it aside for a while? What what was your journey coming into the reading?
0: I've been more open in my mind to the idea of where his mindset is and maybe some similarities in Mm -hmm. us. And I've definitely come to be more compassionate towards him. Yeah. I definitely do have a lot more that I have to do um i want to go to therapy i think that's like a large part of it you know it's like i definitely need to do that work but i'm very much like a i always think super big or i go like to the extreme sometimes so i was like oh i think i just had like a weird false sense of hope where i was like yeah i'm gonna go into this reading and i'm gonna get closure from my dad and it's all gonna be good, you know? But like, I'm ignoring all the other aspects of it as well.
2: I think it's a very normal response, to be honest. I feel that it is either somebody going, I've tried to work this thing out in therapy forever and the reading helped me shift it. Or it is, oh, I'm gonna have to work with some therapy. (laughs) You know, I wanna just normalize it for you. You are not the first, you will not be the last.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I encourage
2: people to use therapy as a bookend because it's a big thing we're doing. We're really doing a deep dive. This stuff is not easy, you know? And it sounds like you were on your own journey. I do remember in the reading that we did talk about sobriety a little bit. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing, right? Because we tend to use substances to numb, to not feel. Mm -hmm. And so I again, want to just congratulate you. The fact that you're doing the work, you're not numbing. I mean, that's a huge, that's a (laughs) one (laughs) eighty.
0: For sure. I mean, it's, been a journey in the last few years, ups and downs. I'm weirdly like a, I, well, not weirdly, I'm a believer in that the universe sends you signs, right? Yeah. And I believe the universe sends me actually a lot of signs and I can see them. And sometimes I make the right decision and sometimes <laughs> I make the wrong decision. But even after I make the wrong decision, I look at the sign that I had ignored and I say, okay, well, Next time, try not to ignore that sign that obviously mm. was put there in place, right? So I do that a lot with, try to do that a lot with my sobriety.
2: Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, that's how I teach intuition. I always tell people like, listen, the empowered quality is knowing that it was intuition and you decided not to follow it. Yeah. That's fine. I'm happy with you doing that. I don't mind that. It's the complete dismissal of it. They're not even checking in with yourself. That's where yeah. we get... A bit wobbly it's okay to say hey i'm hearing it i'm not going to follow it right now but that's an yeah. empowered choice <laughs> do you for know what sure. i mean
0: definitely definitely i'm taking responsibility <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're making a choice even if it's the wrong one it's still your power to make it right
2: absolutely from my experience doing readings for people uh the wrong the bad it doesn't often feel that way from an energetic perspective it's simply a choice and it is one step further down the path and it will lead you to the destination where you're where you're going, right? It's not always from the vantage point of, oh, that was the good decision or the bad decision. It was simply a decision. And then Definitely. from that point on, you make a new decision.
0: I think within the bad, you have to remember that there's a lesson there, right? So yeah. when something doesn't always go well for you, you have to think, What was my actions that led me here? Sort of direction is the universe trying to push me. Obviously, maybe this isn't the direction I'm supposed to be going. Like, that's the lesson that you have to take from it. Because at the end of the day, I mean, you can sit there and get all upset. But if you're either not taking action or if your mindset's not in a positive frame, you're just going to keep bringing negative things towards you, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a very powerful place to operate from did you come away with any spiritual questions or has there been a conversation with yourself on what your own spiritual practice looks like
0: um so i also am a very big belief, believer in intuition and yeah. along with the signs i do get a lot of my intuitions nagging me to either do something or not do something and again like i either do it or i don't but maybe like a tidbit that would help me understand harnessing my intuition more. Mm-hmm. I already do feel it. And sometimes when I'm like drinking or partying and doing more substances, that's when I obviously can't feel it because I'm numbing it, right? So I definitely need to harness more of my health and my sobriety to like really harness it. But I'm wondering if there's any like other tidbits you could give to like really harness in on more of my tuition.
2: Yeah, well, my question would be, uh interviewing you a little bit to see where (laughs) it's getting lost you know because the intuition is not cookie cutter it's very dependent on how your energy system works and this is what i primarily do with my students the very beginning we're looking at okay what's your pattern what's working what's not working so when i look at the intuition it's two-part it requires one a flow an availability in the nervous system and you talk about that you say when i'm doing substances when i'm out partying My nervous system is not open to receive. And I would 100% agree with you. That's what's happening. Your nervous system is not available. It's occupied elsewhere. Now, in your case, that's substances. In somebody else's case, it would be like high levels of stress. That can also act as a block, right? Okay. The other aspect of that is starting to recognize in your own life what does make it flow. So you've identified for yourself what's not making it flow. But do you have activities that when you do them, you've noticed, ah, that's when I get my insight. A lot of people would say, oh, it's probably if I'm meditating or if I'm doing some sort of spiritual activity, but I find that that's not actually the case for a lot of people. A lot of times the mind and the nervous system release in odd moments, like when you're taking a shower or when you're driving or when you're simply walking down the aisle of a grocery store, it's the moment for me, example, it's, it's painting, it's playing music. Um, It's also driving, so my brain really likes to perceive information and somehow relaxes when I'm driving, when I'm in that kind of trancy state. Yeah. But so I wanted to ask you, like, have you noticed times in your own life where you feel, ah, this is when my nervous system is super relaxed and open?
0: I would definitely say probably, like, right after the gym. Mm -hmm. I think, like, it's just obviously great for my body, but, like, it just does relax my mind, and I'm sort of in like that workout high after, I think my thoughts are always very like overtly positive in that moment. So I would probably say that's definitely one of them.
2: Amazing. So I would use that knowledge and I would make it work for you. Whereas when you finished, when you've gone to the gym, do it with intentionality, right? Walk out with a question or even start your gym session with an intuitive question. Because when we talk about the intuition, people get very frustrated about, okay, I have this question, and then they stay in the energy of the question. And the energy of the question is a nervous system that doesn't actually allow the answer. You cannot get the answer when you're in the question state. Okay. When we're talking about these activities that shift us into openness, that allow the nervous system to receive, we are shifting from a state of the question to a state of the answer. Okay. And so it can be quite nice before you start your gym session, then even like you don't even think about it while you're going and being in the gym, but just kind of like, oh, yeah, this is something I would really love some clarity around. Go, do your thing, forget about the question. And then with intentionality, as you're walking out, as you're having that kind of post-gym bliss, see if you can look at the question with different pair of eyes.
1: Okay.
2: Arises if there's a feeling, if there's an awareness, if there's an aha potentially, right? But you're then allowing the intuition to show up for you at a time when you're actually available, having done the work to make the shift, having done the work to say, okay, I'm going from a stressed out state to an available state. That's the key. Okay. Now, I'm sure you can also identify other areas and other activities that also allow for space that you could potentially use. And the gym is one of them as a toolbox. But as you go through your day, just start noticing, okay, if I did have this intuitive feeling, if I did get this awareness, what am I doing right now that would allow the receiving of it?
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Notice like the areas where I'm having those sort of like epiphanies or the like, yeah, when my intuition feels the strongest and do more of that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what you do for a living, to be honest, but I feel like writing would be a big one for you.
0: <laughs> my dream is to write a novel. Like, that's my biggest dream. Sometimes I just don't always have the confidence in myself, but mm. I-, I do like writing. I went to school twice. First, I did animation, and the second time I did craft design, and I didn't finish mm. either. But it was when I realized I went to both those things because I like telling a story and you can do that through advertising and you can do that through animation right so I know that's the area I should be focusing on I just don't always do it
2: and that listen that's okay but I think when you're talking about hey how can I get more intuition consider just sitting down and writing and it not having to have an outcome okay you could even one of the practices i really like doing with students is for them to write a letter to themselves of like hey this is what mental me is thinking right now and then sign it as you and then whatever you believe is the source of your intuition if it's your own higher knowing if it's spirit if it's god if it's love if it's all that is close your eyes embody that let it flow see what it wants to write back to you okay can be another thing to try you know definitely but I think the the key here is if you do realize that you are in the agitated question energy, the emotions of the question, the desires of the question, the agitation of the question, just realizing you're never really going to get a full answer when you're there. Okay. Like you have so to shift.
0: It makes sense because like, there's the pressure of what's the answer, right? You can't be in a relaxed state if you're like, well, what's the answer? Why don't I know it right now, you know? So exactly. it's good to like take take the time to sit with the question and then actually have the moment afterwards.
2: And to, and to not think you can bully yourself into the answer either. We waste a lot of time there.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Just even like the conscious awareness of being like, yeah, okay, not going to get the answer.
0: Yeah. Because <laughs>
2: I'm obviously not in a receiving state. Let me go like productively do something that will actually move me there. So that's the body aspect. And then the mind aspect is where I really encourage my students to get really clear as to like, do you do you understand how the intuition works for you? Do you know your own patterns? Can you kind of take a look at it? You know, in the way that we observe and we analyze many other areas of our lives, intuition is ultimately a language it is a skill set if you don't know how to speak how it speaks to you you also can't quite improve the rate at which it speaks Definitely. so I think it's always a balancing between those two things which is get really clear on how it works for you and how it works in general and then can you allow yourself to be in a receiving state to allow it into your life
0: okay thank you <laughs>
2: yeah I think it sounds to me you are already much closer than most. It's not that you're not receiving. A lot of times people have trouble in the just initial receiving of it. For you, I think it's also what we talk about, which is can you create an intentionality around how you receive, but then can you also create equilibrium for yourself as to being grounded, being in your body, knowing that when we're not, there when we receive we tend to feel like a metal rod in a lightning storm for sure you know because there's no sense of "ooh, this is mine this is yours this is mine this is yours i'm grounded i'm in my body i know who i am i know i'm right here so i would say that's that's the other just as we're chatting as i'm listening to you as i'm reading your energy a little bit i'd say that's going to be a big 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 part of this is like can you get grounded
0: okay Yeah, I'm getting the signals, but I'm not able to read them because my body is not in a state of like relaxation. It's either being stressed or distracted.
2: Yeah. And um, so, yes, it's that. But are you actually physically present in your body? So it doesn't surprise me that exercise gets you there. I think one of your biggest things is you tend to perhaps disassociate a little bit or float outside. And that People who have a hard time grounding, people who feel very, a lot of stress around or difficulty about like being here, being in the body, also tend to like to use substances because it feels really good to be out of the body. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's true. <laughs>
2: so, learning how to get grounded in your body can also really help you with your sobriety process because if you can learn to be here, energetically in your physical body and not feel all of that sense of being really uncomfortable by the intensity of it, it's going to be a calmer journey. You can definitely get there with exercise. You can do it with breath work. You can do it as simply as like every time you walk from one area to another, rather than just being off in the clouds, you can really like feel your feet and go, okay, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. This understanding like i am right here i am present it's so much easier to say than to do in ways but once it clicks you're like oh embodiment i get it
0: okay okay
2: so give it a try those would be my my two things is one noticing your life when it flows and two some practice of embodiment yoga is great for it breath work's great for it but also just that like left foot right foot left foot right foot I'm here, I'm present, back to center, is gonna make a huge difference.
0: Okay, perfect, thank you.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. This might be something that you work through in therapy. Do you feel comfortable in inviting your dad in, so to speak, in your everyday life now to act as a helping hand?
0: So I've been trying to slowly do that, like just have his like voice in the background. There was something I think, in the read that you said like he doesn't want you to go down the same path sort of thing so i if i think maybe i'm doing something wrong it's kind of like a, you don't want to be like me you know
2: absolutely i think that's beautiful to continue making that connection and to invite him in because i do feel like they want to help so it's definitely not a question of are they willing it's much often a question of do we want to invite them in it sounds like you're doing a, a really, really, really well, wonderful job in and around it. Um Thank you. Do you have any other questions for me? Any other thoughts that came up after the reading?
0: No, I don't think so. Nothing I can think of.
2: I hope the reading was helpful. I'm excited to hear that you're going to continue on your journey. It's really courageous. And I think you're going to find that you can, you can do it. You know, I, I really do believe that. I think you're capable you're strong you're courageous you're meeting it head on there's a lot to be said for all of that
0: well thank you so much yeah i'm gonna listen to my intuition more <laughs> <laughs> good
2: good i think it won't guide you the wrong way i think you'll you'll have a really good compass moving forward well thank you so much calvin i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day thanks for taking the time
0: you too flora thank you so much have a good day
2: you too Bye. bye
1: Thank you for listening to Moving Beyond, the podcast. We would like to thank everyone who has shared their loved ones, their stories, and their heartbreak with us, making this podcast possible. If you haven't yet left us a rating or a review, we would greatly appreciate it as it helps others find the show. Moving Beyond is an independent podcast produced by Fleur Lissink and Elizabeth Mihalic, with additional support from the team at 2020 Intuition, including Lotta, Teresa, Min, and Jill. Original music composed and produced by Lucas Tuttle. To learn more about Medium Fleur and her book, Moving Beyond, that teaches you how to access your intuition, psychic ability, and spirit connection, please visit www.mediumfleur.com. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to be on a future episode of Moving Beyond, please send Elizabeth a short email detailing the loss that you've experienced and how grief affects your daily life to podcasts at mediumfleur.com. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S at mediumfleur.com. If you'd like to know more about the guest and the loved ones who appeared in this episode of Moving Beyond, or how we create the podcast Moving Beyond, please visit our community at patreon.com. Simply search for Medium Fleur, M-E-D-I-U-M-F-L-E-U-R. We'll see you there.